Thanks for joining us at Summit Church. No matter where you are at on life's journey, you are welcome here. We are excited to share God's word with you through this week's message. Well, we want to welcome everybody to our first kind of online service that we are offering today for everyone since uh, you're not here. I just wanted to come there. So I appreciate you putting a cup of coffee on the table for me. I'm going to sit back there on the couch with you. And uh, we're just going to we're gonna have a good time. Hey, you might want to gather the kids around or whatever. We're actually going to offer a, a little service or a lesson, I would say, for the kids as well. Um, Pastor Don, his wife, Brenda, are going to have a little lesson for the kids, about eight minutes long, and, and uh, some questions even you can ask the kids and have your own little service at home with your kids. It'll be a lot of fun. So uh, make sure you check that out. Also, I just want to just tell you, you know, why, why are we doing this? Why, why are we not meeting in the building? Why, what's that all about? Why are we having service online? And that's a good question. I'm, I'm sure you've been asking yourself that. And, and some would say, well, you know, by not meeting together, it's kind of like a lack of faith. Um, but actually, I, I wouldn't say that. I would say the reason we're not meeting is probably because of our faith. And uh, it's our faith that we uh, have, that we believe that people that are older, um, that we need to take care of them, and we need to be kind and considerate of others. And, um, and on top of that, obviously, we need to respect and honor our authorities. And obviously, we've been asked by uh, government officials, could you just please suspend services for a couple of weeks? And that's, that's uh, doable. We can do that, and we can honor them because that's a value that we have here at Summit Church, honoring one another. And um, so we're doing that, and we just pray that you will, will work with us. And you know what? Actually, this is a great opportunity for the church to be, really be the church because uh, if you notice in the book of Acts, it was not until the church began to scatter did God begin to gather people unto him. Um, there are times when we just really need to kind of kind of um, get out, you know, in the sense of our routines that we're involved in and to begin to look at other avenues and opportunities to share Jesus with others. And uh, we encourage you to be looking around. Oops, <laughs> I just touched my nose. Um, I just want to encourage you to uh, find some people around you that uh, you may know that need maybe a little attention, maybe a senior or some shut-ins. Hey, listen, uh, it's our desire to really help people in those situations. We have some meals, hot meals set up. For the weekends especially, we have some delivery services uh, set up for people that are in need of that way of, of that as well. So if you would uh, please contact us here at Summit Church, let us know of those needs, make us aware of that. We want to reach out and be the church to some people here in our community. Hey, listen, I just want to uh, give you some photographs of what's been going on with the building uh, this week. Some of you may not know this, but... The red building that we have purchased is no longer red. Uh, we now have a brand new exterior-looking building. It's a lot of it's uh, been a lot of work, but um, so that's going on. We'll be pouring concrete next week. We'll be working more on the exterior as well next week. So appreciate you continuing to give to the pledge, uh, the pledges that you've committed to during this time as we continue just to move ourselves forward and uh, in, into the plans that God has for us. Well, last couple of weeks we've been talking about a series, a thing or two, and in that series, a thing or two, we've been actually looking at the different aspects of God, and 
What does God's name mean, uh, particularly in the Hebrew versions? Uh, the word God in Hebrew is Jehovah. And uh, Je- God has actually different aspects. In fact, there's a different part of his name for every problem or challenge that you may have. And so we have uh, been looking at that. Jehovah Shalom, God is our peace. Jehovah meaning God. Jehovah Nisi, God is our banner. We took, looked at that a couple weeks ago. Last week, Jehovah Rohai, God is our shepherd. Obviously, David wrote that, had it really meant a lot to him. Um, the, and how many people here have been really touched by that passage in Psalms 23? Today, I want to look at another aspect of God's name. It's called Jehovah Rapha. God is our healer. God is our healer. So let's just look at that. And I thought this would be a great conversation piece in light of the current, um, you know, virus that we've got going on and, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Man, what a, what a greater way, uh, what, what could be a greater way than to uh, talk about God being a healer? So also remember Psalms 91, it's your daily pill, your gospel, come on, uh, your gospel, I know that was cheesy, but your gospel, uh, you need to take that, Psalms 91 every day, read that, it will really encourage you. So as we know, God has always been a good, good father, and he's always taken care of his children. And all along, he had a plan uh, in sending Jesus to deal with a couple issues that man had fallen into. One was sin, and another one was sickness. And so God, in his plan to deal with sin and sickness, even in the Old Testament, before Jesus came, provided um, an opportunity for the people of God to experience a deliverance from their sins and a deliverance even from their sickness. We would call that the Passover. They would slay a lamb, the blood would be slain, and their sins would be forgiven. And they would even eat part of the lamb. And that would allow them also, get this, to be healed of their diseases. In fact, the word Passover comes from the very fact that there was a plight, a plague, or a death on the people at the time, just kind of moving through the land. But the people that had believed in Jesus, or believed, or took the lamb uh, to, into their house and pulled their family in together and really just sought after the Lord, they were spared. That's good news. That's good news for every family. That's good news for every person. And God has good news for us today because now in the New Testament, the New Testament church, Jesus came and he became that lamb. And he also became that lamb that we can also as well eat. And the Bible tells us, and it's by his stripes that we were healed. And so we believe that. We believe it's very important that we not only embrace that, but we receive it and apply that into our own lives. So I just want to look real quickly. I want to talk to you really quickly about Exodus chapter 15. Get your Bibles out. Get your Bible app. Exodus chapter 15. I want you to look for me and look down to verse 22. I just want to read a few verses in that passage of Scripture. Now, let me give you the background. Here's what happened. The Israelites, the Jewish people, had just been delivered from Egypt. Now, they've been in slavery for more than 400 years, a long time, to be in bondage, more than 400 years. And so finally they were delivered divinely, sovereignly by God, and they were set free, and they started dancing, tambourines, party time. It's exciting. And they didn't know what the future held, but they knew one thing, that it couldn't be any worse than what they'd already experienced. And so Moses said, okay, guys, the Lord says, let's head into this desert. And so 
so let's read this passage. So Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea. They moved out into the desert of Shur. Important word. They traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. That's bad times. And when they came to an oasis of Marah, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Marah, which means bitter. And then the people complained, and they turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? Moses cries out to the Lord for help, and the Lord shows him a piece of wood. And Moses threw it into the water, and this made the water good to drink. And it was there at Marah that the Lord set before them the following decree as a standard to, get this, to test them. If you were sitting right here, I'd say to your neighbor and touch him on the shoulder and say, test them, but we won't do that. But So test them, he said. So, 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 so he, he said that to test them, and he said, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands, keeping all of his decrees, I'll not make one, I will not make you suffer any of these diseases that I've sent on the Egyptians. And here it is, for I am the Lord who heals you. Or in other words, he said, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you, which is what Jehovah Rapha means. So God had done this incredible deliverance of the people, and he brings them right away. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me, but this is the way God works, isn't it? He just right away, here we go, we're on a journey, and the next thing you know, they find themselves in the desert. They've been delivered from bondage, that's awesome, and now they're in a desert. And the desert was called Shur, the desert of Shur. Shur means, in Hebrew, a wall. They hit a wall. Have you ever hit a wall before? I know I have. There's all sorts of walls. Walls could be financial walls. Walls could be relational walls. Walls could be lack of purpose walls. Walls could be um, health scares. Those all sorts of walls that come into our life. And so this is what happened. They come into this desert full of uh, walls. And I believe, in a good sense, walls force us to make decisions, don't they? Either I'm going to go around it, or I'm going to go through it. But I'm going to have to make a decision, what am I going to do with this wall that's now in front of me? I remember the words, and you probably do too, of our great late President Ronald Reagan, where he said to the uh, President Gorbachev, he says there at the Berlin Wall, he says, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Up until that point, everybody was just fine with the wall being there. But Mr. Reagan had a belief that we could actually tear down and go through that wall. And so, in a sense, in our lives as well, walls are resistance. And what do walls do? They qualify you. They prove that you got the stuff. They give you authority sometimes. Or they open doors of opportunity for you to pass through if you will go through it. Walls can make you a warrior, can make somebody out of you that you didn't know you could be if it hadn't been for the resistance or the wall that you face. So these deserts sometimes have a purpose. A dry time sometimes has a meaning. And a season of struggle many times has merit. You can't just pass it off and get angry at God just because you're in the middle of a bad time, because there's a virus going around, because there's a scare, because there's fear all around. We can't, we can't look and, and fear and run, but instead we look at this wall and we go, oh, this is an opportunity. This is an opportunity for God to do something amazing in my life and in my midst. And so, we see the desert. They're there. You know, it was Jesus 
himself who had the desert that he went into. It was a wall. As soon as he began his ministry, what happened? As soon as he began his ministry, he went into a desert. And what did he do? He crucified the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes. And that's what happens. We, we can go into a greater dimension. So God takes them into a desert, and they travel, verse 23, without finding water. Their throats are parched. They're, 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 they're tired. They're weary. They're feeling weak. Their mouth is dry. They begin to feel desperate. They cry out to Moses, we need some water. What is going on? Has God forgotten us? And isn't it amazing how fast we can, we can forget how good God is. It was just three days before, three, three days before that they had experienced this incredible deliverance. And here they are. And so finally, they see this well. They see this well. It, was, it, was, it wasn't a mirage. It was a well. Not a well, but a, a water. And they began running to it. I can see them running. They're ripping their clothes off. They're excited. They're yelling. They're happy. They see this water. Perhaps some jump into it. Maybe they dive into it. And they're just having a wonderful time in this water, only to find, to their dismay, that the water is bitter. It's bitter water. Can't taste it. Can't, I mean, can't, can't drink it. Can't, can't do anything with this water. It, it, it was just a disaster. It was, their hopes were high, and now they've been dashed. Can I just say this? That anything short of trusting God in our lives can end up becoming a bitter situation. Even the season that we're in, if we're not careful not to trust the Lord in this situation that we're in, then there's a tendency to become a little jaded, maybe even a little angry or bitter towards God. And I'll just tell you right now, God's not the problem. God actually is the solution. And so then a miracle begins to take place. God tells Moses, I want you to find this piece of wood. I want that piece of wood right over there. I want you to get that piece of wood. I want you to throw it in the water. Now, there is no record ever in the history of man of a piece of wood making water sweet. But in this situation, that's exactly what happened. This piece of wood made the water sweet. Why? Because it was a story that God was teaching and preaching to us today. That the wood, the cross makes every bitter situation sweet. So real quickly, I want to give you just a few lessons that we learned from this little story that we just read. Number one, God can be found in bad times. You know, God was there all along. It wasn't like God had disappeared and somehow vacated the premise and they couldn't find him, get a hold of him. God was there all along. But listen, here's the deal. God's goodness was not what was on trial in this story. The, the people were. The people were on trial. And in these situations, in these times that we find ourselves in, listen, we're the ones on trial, not God. We're the ones on trial. What are we going to do and how will we respond when things aren't panning out the way we want them to work out? Number two, we learn that fearful times are testing times. Verse 25, it says that God says, I'm, this is a test. I'm proving you. I'm going I'm, I'm to prove you. I know when my kids were young, you parents will identify with this, I would have a cookie in my hand, and they'd be very young, and, and I'd hold the cookie out, and they would go to grab it, just reach and grab it to, from me, and I'd say, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, what do you say? And they would just look at me, and they would try to grab it again. And I'd say, what are you going to No, no. And they would try to grab it again. i say, no, what do you say? And finally, they would say, Please, can I have a cookie? And when they said, please, can I have, I've said, absolutely. 
Did I want them to have a cookie all along? Absolutely. But there was a test, right? There was a test. And God gives us tests as well. What are you going to do in certain situations? And so God brings them to a very, very bitter situation. He's actually wanting to know what's in your heart. What is really in your heart? Will you trust me or will you murmur? Will you get discouraged? Will you get angry? Will you get bitter? And then that leads us to number three, the third thing and the last thing, that fearful times can lead to faith-filled times. Fearful times can lead to faith-filled times. It was here at this juncture and this story that God reveals to us that he is a God that heals us. He says to them, after the water was made sweet, I am Jehovah Rapha. I am the God that heals you or restores you or cures you. Or another word for that is I am your doctor. Come on. That's good news, huh? I am your doctor. God is, he said, I want you to know I am everything you need. I am your doctor. The worship team did a great job singing a wonderful song just a while ago. I am the God that healeth thee. I am the Lord, your healer. And I just love that song because that is so true, and that's exactly what God wants to do. When God revealed himself at this time, though, which is interesting, when he got revealed himself to the people at this time, we don't have a record of anyone being sick, and we don't have a record of anyone being in some kind of a paralysis or suffering any kind of disease. It, it, it seemed like everybody was fine at that moment, but, but God wanted them to know from the very get-go, even though they, they, they weren't sick, he wanted them to know, even though there wasn't a plague, he wanted them to know, even though nothing bad yet had happened to them, out of the gate, he wanted them to understand, in bad situations, you do not have to become bitter and angry and upset and fearful, but you have a great God, and with God, there's really not a problem at all. And so, Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3 and I'm going to end with the story. We're going to call it done. In Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3, it says, Praise ye the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all of your sins, come on, and heals all your diseases. Isn't that an awesome story? I love that scripture. Praise the Lord, O my soul, forget not all of his benefits. Don't forget his benefits. Praise the Lord in all of these times. And guess what? He will forgive you your sins and he heals all your diseases. As long as Jesus will forgive my sins, he's also going to heal my diseases. I want you in this time that we're in, not to live in fear, not to live in anxiety. Read Psalms 91. God's got this and God's got you. There's been many diseases and plagues that have come across our land in days gone by. One time it was polio, just taking people out left and right. Before that was the Spanish flu. And then before that was tuberculosis. There's been all sorts of diseases and viruses and things that have affected mankind. Much worse in not trying to belittle our situation than even what we're facing right now. But if you place your trust in God, these are just little blips on the screen. 
true story. A lady, a young girl in the late 1800s living in New York State, and she was young, and she was lying in her bed, and she was dying, and it was just a matter of time before she passed away. And she thought she would just read a little bit of her Bible as she laid there, lost all sorts of weight, and couldn't hardly pick her head up. She got her Bible out and she read in 1 Peter chapter 2. She read these words, who his own self, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his body on the tree, being dead to sins, that we should live unto righteousness. And it just dawned on her. At that very moment, suffering from tuberculosis, that yes, Jesus had forgiven her of all of her sins. And she was started rejoicing and weeping over the fact that she, her sins were forgiven and, and one day she would be with the Lord in heaven and everything would be fine and she was ready to go and all was well. And she was just, just having a wonderful time with the Lord. And she decided, you know, I'll read a little bit more. And in the same verse, she read a little bit further and it just said, it says this. It says, and by his stripes you were healed. And she thought for a second, she'd never read that before. By your stripes, past tense, you were, were healed. Already happens, already done, it's over. You were healed, not you could be healed, you might be healed, or it's a possibility, you were healed. And suddenly the revelation hit her like a ton of bricks that she was healed. It was already done. Even though it hadn't manifested in her body, she was healed. And so she screamed out loud, Mom, Mom, come here. And her mother came running. What's wrong? What's wrong? She goes, I'm healed. She says, what do you mean? She goes, I'm healed. Look, First Peter chapter 2, he has already healed me. And she was like, okay. But her daughter was so rejoicing and so exuberant. And the girl said, Mom, get my clothes. I got to get up. I'm healed. And she goes, sweetheart, listen, listen, I appreciate your enthusiasm. I appreciate what you, she goes, give, please, Mom, give me my clothes. Her mom wouldn't get her clothes. She just was too concerned for her physical health. And so the girl says, I'll get them myself. And she got up herself. She struggled out of that bed. And she went over to the closet, got her clothes and began to put her clothes on. And she got her clothes on and weak and just devastated from this disease that was just killing hundreds and hundreds of people. And she began to walk through the house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for my healing. Thank you for my healing. And as she began to shout and give God thanks for her healing, strength began to flow into her body. And literally, by the end of the day, she was completely strong. And within three weeks, she had gained all of her weight back. Her color had come back. It was as if nothing had ever happened. Would that have happened if she had not got that revelation? I wonder. I, I wonder if sometimes situations that are very hard and difficult are not challenges that God brings us to, like the desert of Shur, to, to ask us, will you truly trust in me? <laughs> Will, are you going to just say that with your words or will you truly trust 
in me. This is a great time to trust in the Lord. Maybe you've never asked Jesus into your heart. Maybe you're watching with a friend or a neighbor or a relative and you've never asked him into your life. I encourage you just to say a prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. And he will do that. And lastly, let me just pray with everybody watching online. Again, we just want to thank you for being with us. We want to encourage you to reach out to loved ones around you and to see how they're doing. Check in on people. When someone's name comes to your mind, send a quick text, email quickly, and respond. That's the Holy Spirit. But let me just pray with all of us. Can we, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Father God, we thank you for all that you're doing in our midst. And even though, Lord God, it seems like we're at a bitter moment or a bad place, Lord, we know that you're already there. You're already, you were already at this point waiting for us to arrive. And you've already provided a tree. Come on. You provided a tree to make everything sweet. Lord, I know people are facing some financial difficulties right now. The businesses are kind of really suffering a little bit. Um, some people are just kind of out of their schedule. And, and there's been, for some, perhaps even some fear that's kind of creeped in from, from all that we've heard. Uh, but Lord, we trust in you. For you are Jehovah Rapha, our healer. And you promised us, Lord, that none of these diseases or these sicknesses, these plagues would come upon us. So with that, we trust in you with all of our hearts and all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Man, it's so good to be with you all this morning. Hope you had a good time. Listen. Be faithful, be, uh, be very um, intentional in your life with the Lord. Listen, you have to be a self-starter in these times like this. It's up to you to feed yourself. You've got to feed yourself. You can't depend on other things sometimes to feed you. You need to get in the Word and pray and just spend some time worshiping the Lord and be a self-starter and watch what God does in and with and through you. Good being with you this morning. We love you. We'll see you again next Sunday. Again, same time, same place. Have a great week. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Be sure to visit us online at summitchurch.tv or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at summitchurch.tv.